eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David. We've also got in the huddle James and Rob, and we're also joined by Bob from i80 Sports. Bob, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for, for coming on. So we're just keep quickly catching up on air about what's going on in the world with all the, the COVID, the weather and the politics, etc. Not too different in both of our countries, but uh, how, how are things generally over stateside? It's good. It's, it's doing well. I'm up north. I'm right outside New York City, so it's kind of a more... Uh, sane scientifically based approach going on down here so um we're taking care of business stuff was funky in the in the summer for a little while um cases are going up but you know we're staying healthy we're staying safe and uh hopefully you know lockdown round two nice and quick and we can uh re- all recover in the spring yeah definitely and we're we're a couple of weeks into to our second version of the lockdown now and we've been promised that if we, if we behave ourselves then we can uh, we can have a christmas is the is the message that we're, that we're currently being told. But there's also now rumours that the punishment for having a Christmas will be lockdown three come the new year. So, uh, And you all- don't want to rent that from Blockbuster. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. So, Bob, the, the most important question, I'm going to assume that it's a New York-based football team that you support? Yeah, I'm a New York Giants fan my, my yeah. whole life. Um, however, I do have to preface this by saying that I, although I follow the New York Giants, they are my number one. Um, I like making money and that's really king for me, whether it comes to fantasy or sports book. Um, so I'm not a homer. I'm not going to make homer picks. I'm here to talk about football and I like to see giants through like an, an equal lens. And, and for that reason, I kind of hate them as much as I like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's certainly you guys in America, you, you grow up with your teams. Us over here in, in the UK, we have to adopt our teams because we're just yeah. followed. Wars. Isn't that what you guys do? <sighs> I start. I start. <laughs> yeah, they, they do, and and I've, I started following the Niners before the the Jaguars. Sorry, the Jaguars connection uh, came about. But yeah, Khan. There was a there was a rumor that he was buying Wembley uh, at some point last year so that he could he could move them over full time. So, what's the general consensus to a a UK based franchise over there in America? I mean, it's like a reason to go overseas. I guess the the thing with America, we're so large. Like it would be very similar in travel to get to California as it would be to get to England. California has LA in it. So, you know, we have those kind of things. A lot of sports franchises around here recently, like the Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, which I don't know if you guys have, obviously you've probably never been to Las Vegas. No. Been to the States. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to New York. Yeah. So Las Vegas is in the middle of the desert. There's no way to get there. It's just, you have to fly and it's hours and hours and hours, no matter where you are to get to Vegas. It's a destination spot. That's why they're doing that. So when it comes to England, Vegas, England, Vegas, sorry, guys, we're going to take Las Vegas on this one. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that the, the main difference with the, the UK based franchise would be the, the West coast UK traveling just would be, would be a nightmare for, for, for players and, and fans, et cetera, et cetera. So Bob, at this point, would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, I80, how, how it came about? Uh, give it, it's your chance to have a, a shameless plug on the show. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, our company is called I80 Sports, I80 Sports Media. We are at i80sports.com, youtube.com backslash I80 Sports. Um, it, it started out just doing a draft special, um, just a couple of guys, you know, drinking some beers, pulling draft order every year. And then it's turned out from a five minute video to a hour every year you know just talking giving the rundown doing this and that and then we started doing like special events um we do shark week for example you know who's your fantasy shark mako sharks the fastest shark everyone give us your favorite speedster player this and that and then it just it grew and grew and grew we had some moderate success with nfl then we expanded to mls soccer which just exploded um i80 sports it's coast to coast if you guys know anything about the uh, interstate system in america i'm sure you don't Interstate 80 goes from the West Coast to the East Coast. You can get on in New Jersey, drive all the way to California, which is like 
it would be like the equivalent of like getting into Portugal and, and driving all the way to Poland. Like <laughs> yeah. it's huge. It's yeah. massive. And it, it goes across the whole country. So we kind of just like, we cover American sports, coast to coast, IED sports. Fantastic. I like to hear it. So a couple of questions for you. Which team is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I don't, I don't think that's decided. I, I really am a fan of, you know, teams getting hot, teams getting cold at the right time. So I'm a little undecided. There's a lot of teams I like. I, I can fall in love every week. The best team, top to bottom, absolutely is the Saints. The only problem is if Breeze being out, they lose a couple of games, maybe they get a bad seed. It's all about seeding. You want to get that first round by. You want to get momentum. You want to have that rest going in. Saints are the best team top to bottom before the Breeze injury. I would have told you hands down, they are the guys to beat. Um, but yeah, I love coaching too. You can never count the Rams out of it. And flip the coin, who is getting the first overall pick in April? The New York Jets. <laughs> nice easy one for you there. And finally, Bob, is this the first time that you have ever been on a British podcast? This is the first time I've ever been on a British podcast. It is not the first time I've ever been on a foreign podcast. I've been on a Canadian podcast and I've uh, okay. done as in Australia. Oh, fantastic. Australia. like to see it down under. So have you ever, have you ever been to the UK? Is, is, is it on the bucket list or have you been? Yeah, I've actually never been outside of North America. I've been to Canada quite a bit and uh, up and down the East Coast of the United States, New York, um, Washington, D.C., Florida multiple times, but not, not, not out to England. I definitely recommend it. We've got some great places over here and it's a nice short hop into multiple destinations into Europe. I'm not allowed in anywhere. I'm, I'm from the U.S., <laughs> so james welcome to the show and this will be the last one for a little while yeah this is this this is proverbially it for a while the hype train driver is reaching his destination and well you'll have to wait until staff are available for the return journey <laughs> yeah so james... I had to get some kind of metaphor plug <laughs> random thing in there didn't i but yeah i'll um i, I don't know whether the articles will get um, done in the interim I really am potentially unavailable for quite some time so uh, yeah if any, if any of the viewers who haven't caught up in recent episodes uh, my other half is currently uh, well in hospital about to have a baby so I'm about to become a dad for the first time uh, pretty much as soon as I hang up from this podcast my phone goes onto the emergency mode so yeah uh, yeah this is this is this is my final night of freedom and that is dedication to the cause. And finally, Rob, welcome. How are you doing, my friend? Do good, David. I'll be honest, and I'll tell you why. It's your fault. I oh. was on Twitter earlier, and let's get the elephant out of the room to start. Uh, with, I know shall what's we? coming. I, I know where this is going as well. <laughs> our poor, our poor American friend here is not. This is this is about as British as it's going to get. The following five minutes, Bob. So, David here has this bombshell on Twitter today or yesterday that apparently Yorkshire puddings don't belong on a Christmas dinner. And I'm like, bro, I ain't coming on the podcast unless you change your mind. So let's have a heart to heart here, David. Yorkshire puds, why puds, why puds, why wise, why whatever you want to call them. They're called different all over the country. <laughs> they absolutely, absolutely deserve to be on that Christmas plate. It is a staple diet of any roast dinner, including Christmas dinner. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine a pancake in the shape of a bowl <laughs> that's gone crispy, that's been baked right. instead of done in the frying pan. There, yeah. I'm sorry, Bob. Very rude of me to to not include you in this conversation, but this is important. This is about as important as being British gets. Yorkshire puddings are a staple diet of a British man's food intake. And a yeah. Christmas dinner is number one on the list. Give me a Yorkshire pudding every single Sunday. Give me four, five, six of them, but not on Christmas Day. Why? Well, it's the perfect meal for them. No, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree less. You Fresh potato wrong. roast parsnip plus potentially bread sauce if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, plus a dessert, plus a starter, plus your turkey and your gravy, plus all your vegetables. It's a staple. Pudding is stodgy. You do not need for that. Correct, one James. Correct. There is two. I, this is on. this is from a Yorkshireman. This is you know. 
Doncaster born and very much left when I could. But Yorkshire puddings are a staple of a Christmas diet. Next question. Let's move on. Let's talk some fantasy football. Grab I was going to say, I agree with the move on section. <laughs> I agree. I can agree with you on that. Uh, Bob, Yorkshire puddings, very easy to make. Search for a recipe and um, thank us later. Do you, do you have gravy over there in the States? We do. Oh, careful with this yeah. question. Great, just gravy, gravy, mashed, uh, mashed potato, Yorkshire pudding, gravy. Just you don't even need any meat with it. Just, just that's that's all you need. And just remember, if you put a sausage in with the in with the Yorkshire pudding, there it's called a toad in the hole. Just remember that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> there we go. We've, we've we, are, we, we are a fancy football podcast. Poor Bob. Poor Bob is going to go end of this call and go. What the hell have I just done? <laughs> where Where is my life going? Oh, thank. You. Or as you guys call it, uh, Rotten Colonials Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's coming up on uh, on Thursday. The thing I love most about that is is that we get Thursday football from half past five in the afternoon. So normally, Bob, on a Thursday, like last night, for example, the Thursday night game doesn't kick off until 20 past one in the morning. So um, right now I am flagging because it has been a long, long day. But yeah, football from half past five. So we will talk about Thursday night football and the Arizona Cardinals played the Seattle Seahawks in a battle for the top of the NFC West. So the Cards and the Hawks both headed into this one at six and three. It was it was poised to be this massive offensive shootout. Uh, both both quarterbacks in this one were, were leading the race in the, the MVP title and I'm not going to say it didn't live up to expectations. It was it was a good game, but um, I think for a UK fan who who does stay up until twenty past one to, to watch the kickoff and then for the first couple of drives to be to be three and outs is um, is a little underwhelming and it's a very quick decision to, to to go to bed at that point and catch up with it in the morning. But I don't think either quarterback here has has done any damage to their MVP race. Certainly, neither of them have, have, have put the, the statement out there to say that we are the, the definite MVP. Uh, both quarterbacks in this one uh, throwing for, for two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Kyler getting 269 passing yards with, with Russ getting 197. On the ground, as, as we'd expect from, from both of these quarterbacks, we, we did see an element of the rushing game. So, so Kyler rushed for five times, even though it was for only the 15 yards. Uh, Russ 10 for 42. But I think the big talking point coming out of this one has got to be Kyler Murray's shoulder. So throughout the first half, especially uh, between every single drive, he was, he was having the trainers to put the heat pad on it. He was trying to keep it warm and he was wincing in between the throw-in. Uh, when he did come out in the second half, he did look a lot looser. He, he, he did seem to be recovering from it. And he has come out today to say, I'm good. That's pretty much the only message that we've had from him. But but James, just how important is Kyler to this offense? I, I know that's an obvious question, but <laughs> what have they got any chance of the playoffs, let alone a, a Super Bowl run without Kyler? Um, well, the, uh, the six and four head start they effectively had helps. If you lost Kyler completely and you were down to backup territory, then yeah, you pretty much you're right in the obituaries there. I think um, even when you have DeAndre Hopkins as a wide receiver there, you still do need the guy who is got the chemistry and is able to throw to him. We've seen that before when Houston haven't got it done. But um, yeah, Kyler's just the, the thing with Kyler is that he is always that dual threat and he can do. You know, he can be a running back one and a QB one in the same week. We've mentioned that many times before. And the injury negated any possibility for the running back numbers to kick in, which meant the offense suddenly wasn't looking as versatile. And when it's not as versatile, um, you know, you are reliant on, you know, the likes of Drake and Edmonds stepping up. And considering neither of them got over 30 yards, Yes, Kenyon Drake got a touchdown, but you know that's because they got to the red zone essentially. So it's you know you have to be a little bit worried if you you sort of you lose Kyler's ability to run when he's effectively their number one runner in many respects, even with those two there. So it would be a struggle, but I think it looks like he's going to be okay. He's not going to miss time, and I think even a seventy percent. 75% fit Kyler Murray, who can at least have the ability to run, even if it's not as often as he has been in recent weeks, they should still be all right, I think. 
Indeed. And you've just mentioned the, the Arizona running game there, but we, we turn our attentions to the Seattle one. Carlos Hyde back from his hamstring injury and with, with Chris Carson still sidelined with his foot. Uh, it was Hyde that got the majority of the carries. Both Scarborough got a few of them, but, but Hyde rushed 14 times for 79 yards and the touchdown, I think two receptions for 16 yards. Can we start Carlos Hyde with confidence if if, if Chris Carson's going to be out? Is, is he the lead back there now, Bob? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love Carlos Hyde. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. He's only like two years removed from a thousand yard season. Um, he is absolutely, I think he's actually better than Chris Carson. Anyway, we saw Chris Carson had those fumble issues. I think he fumbled like six times in, in yeah. uh, just weeks during last season. And one of my predictions was that Carlos Hyde had a chance to become the starting running back. Anyway, now there's an injury. He steps right in 1479 and uh, a touchdown. And it looked like if you just watched the sequences where he was running, it, it seemed like his stats should have been higher. Yeah, and there, there was one play where Russell Wilson, he, he threw down the, the left sideline and, and, and Carlos Hyde had, uh, was downfield catching a, a long, deep pass. And I was like, that's not Carlos Hyde. Like Carlos Hyde famed for, for not being the, the, the best of receiving backs, but, but going on routes as well. So, I, yeah, I like the guy. And I, I, I did mention at the start back of on, the season. Sorry, there were also big plays called back on both sides. And I think that would have given Carlos Hyde a little more if there was a little uh, offensive line uh, discipline. DK Metcalf had one of them as well, uh, a long bomb down the field. Uh, DK Metcalf, we talked about him. He had a 25-yard touchdown in the, the first quarter, uh, very, very early on in the game. So I think fans were very disappointed for him to, to only finish the game with three receptions for 46 yards and a touch. And, of course, he did have that that target in the back of the end zone where the, the ball was fizzed in from Russell Wilson. It hit him in the face mask. It bounced through his hands. He dropped it on the floor. And then he had the audacity to to tweet Russell Wilson to, to tell him to um, to stop firing the ball in so hard. So it's it's one of those you know you're a good player on your team when you can tweet the quarterback of your team to say that like anyone outside of Lockett or Metcalf is is not seeing the target again this season if they tweet their quarterback that. But um, it just shows the relationship that they've got there in Seattle between the two of them and and Metcalf. I, Fantasy players would have loved to have had the two touchdowns from him, but it was more of a Tyler Lockett game. He had the nine receptions for 67 yards and a touch. And it wasn't quite the performance that he put up a few weeks ago against the Cardinals, but we're not going to see any other fantasy performance like that from from players again this season because that was truly outstanding. So people did lean towards Lockett in this one because of of, of that matchup last time, uh, but it was it was it was a fair fantasy performance for him. And on the other side, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, had that wonder grab in the last, well, the last play of the game against the Bills last week to win the game. And a quiet one. He's had a couple of, of, of quieter games this season, five receptions for 51 yards. It was actually Larry Fitzgerald that, that led the team in receptions, targets and receiving. We, now, we can't, we can't he, buy into that too much, surely. Just about as much as I need to know about Kyler Murray's injury, the fact that Larry Fitzgerald at and his average 7.8 uh yards per reception that kind of tells me how kyler was feeling i mean larry fitzgerald can be that safety blanket for for lesser quarterbacks we haven't seen him just step out and take that that leading role and i think that tells you what you need to know christian kirk and deandre hopkins um we're still targeted later in the game but not like larry and i love larry fitzgerald man yeah he's just one of those players even as a 49ers fan and obviously in the same division as as larry fitzgerald he's just somebody that you cannot not love. He's he's somebody that that even I just want to go out, win that Super Bowl to, to retire off into the sunset because there's still a couple of people out there saying that oh well he, he can't be a Hall of Famer because of his because of his lack of a Super Bowl and stuff like that. But with with the team that he has been on throughout his whole career and the stuff that he's done, the legacy that he leaves in this league, I, I don't think it's a question. He he's a he's a surefire Hall of Famer for me. And I would absolutely love him to to get that Super Bowl ring just as the icing on the cake. I don't think it will quite be the Cardinals' year this year. Maybe they're a, a year and a draft removed, but um, certainly they're, they're well on the way in that Kingsbury offense with 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 Kyler Murray at the helm. Rob, thoughts on either of these two teams winning the Super Bowl? Ah, uh, Seattle could get there again. Um, 
been very impressed with Russell Wilson this year. He's had a couple of down games, but I think for the most part, he's been absolutely fantastic. DK Metcalf looks like the real deal. Um, looks like a fantastic wide receiver. He's going to be one of the next best receivers in the league for, for years to come, I think, uh, this year. I mean, obviously, he, he was on the, on the scene this time last year as a rookie, but he's it's, it's just gone beyond beyond above and beyond this year um and as is him and Lockett either side of each other just a fantastic combo so yeah off- offensively i think seattle could get there defensively i think there's still some some stuff they need to work on obviously we know they're terrible at defense that giving up the most yards giving out the most fancy points all this uh, on defense so i think that needs to be shored up i think yesterday was a good test for them um winning against a, a tough arizona cardinals team um i do think kyler murray was blinded by those jerseys i think that was definitely <laughs> something to do with it um but no, it was a yeah, like you said, it was a good game. Um, I have since caught the highlights because I didn't watch it last night. But um, but yeah, I, I do like both teams. Um, but yeah, to get to the Super Bowl, I think Seattle have got to do a lot more defensively. I think they've got to shore it up. And the Cardinals, I don't think they're quite ready yet um, for a Super Bowl run. Um, playoffs, yes, uh, definitely. But I, and I think they're going to be a fantastic team to watch in the next five years. It's one of my teams that I'm, I'm going to enjoy seeing how that inf- unfolds there with the, the strong offense they've got. They need a couple of pieces on the offensive line. They need a couple of pieces to go with with Buda Baker in defense, um, but they could be a, a big team in a couple of years' time. Yeah, we look forward to see that. And finally, just one slightly sadder, well, Obviously, a lot of sadder point coming out of this one. Uh, Greg Greg Olson suffered a foot injury in this game and is likely done for the season. And reading between the lines here, he'll be 36 in in January. Uh, sorry, in March. Do we do we think that this is his, his career done if it's his season? Well, we said this last time when he had his ankle two years ago. We said this was it. This was curtains. He was going to go to CBS. Um, so you never know with Greg Olson, but you'd assume so. Yeah, extremely sad. Bob, what do you reckon? Is that is that Greg Olson done? Yeah, I believe so. He's actually a New Jersey boy. He's uh, not not far, maybe 20 minutes from where I grew up. Him and his family, his father was a uh, local high school coach, um, now coaching with the NFL, of course. Nice. Uh, I think it's got to be done. He's it, h- How many injuries do you want to lay on top of one another before the writing's on the wall? And this was uh, like, like a fascia tear or something. Just hang it up. I think it's time. Yeah, it's... It's one of those where you've kind of got to count yourself a little bit lucky that you're going out on a foot injury. And um, we, we see head injuries, neck injuries, it's all those kind of things. It's a foot one. It's something that he will recover from in, in life. And it's like you say, it's one of those times now to, to, to cash out and uh, to, to head on with the rest of his career. But fantastic career it is. But uh, Greg Olson, I do believe, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be making that decision if I were him. So that is Thursday Night Football done. There is plenty more action to come in week 11. So we will start with you, James, which is the fantasy matchup that you would like to preview headed into Sunday or Monday. Well, in honour of, you know, the big news that's come in, I've ended up picking the matchup between my team and my wife's team. <laughs> so that's, so that's let's, let's say this right. This is the 9-0 Steelers against the 1-8 <laughs> Jaguars. Oh dear, James! You're just setting, you're just setting the Jaguars up now. Natu- naturally, a matchup I'm drawn to just because uh, there is a clear disparity. Yet, the Jaguars, if I'm being honest, throughout this season to me have been a team that look like they've been on the edge of being able to win a lot of their games and just given it away at the end every time, apart from the Colts. Um, and that was sort of when they almost tried to believe that maybe we're not as bad as we think we are. But it's just been a bit of a strange season. There's at least been three or four games where they really could have won. They were within one play or, you know, one poor defensive lapse less, and they would probably have got the job done. So this isn't a rest on your laurels game for the Steelers by any stretch of the imagination. Um, That being said, I'd still say for fantasy, start anybody you have in the Steelers. And I'm even including Eric Ebron in this, albeit a lot of that is just because the tight end landscape is so shoddy. And we've mentioned that many times. But um, the Jags are basically in the top 12 in terms of giving up points in every position. So it doesn't matter what position you play against them, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, etc. 
they are a top 12 best matchup to have for fantasy. So, uh, yeah, you can feel pretty comfortable playing everyone. Now, obviously, the recent weeks, James Conner has been the question mark. So he's been ineffective, shall we say. Uh, but I actually think this could be one of those games where he kind of flips it on his head because as soon as the doubts start creeping in, that's sort of where it ends up flipping on its head, I reckon. I mean, this is more of a personal hunch than anything because with the Jags, you can't just go by, you know, they're good against this position, they're bad against this position. They're bad against everything. So that's my point. I know, I know I'm digging myself a hole when it comes to the wife, but hey, I'll be, I'll be too busy changing nappies anyway. So, but... Juju Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you can play each of them because last week they were all top 12 wide receivers and there's no reason Ben can't still do that while he's still fit and able to play. He doesn't seem to have had any repercussions from, you know, any recent injuries, shall we say, keeping it down to that. So, And the Steelers' defense against rookie Jake Luton. Count me in. Speaking of the Jags, Luton's not been terrible and... I, I can't actually say that I've noticed a dramatic difference between him and Minshew. And I know that could be sacrilege to a few people, but um, it's probably just a case of they need something more of a superstar, but they've had two reasonable stop gaps. However, the one thing that does work in his favor this week is because of the Steelers' heavily strong Rundy and the only weakness they have is to wide receivers, the connection from Luton to Chark and Luton to Cole actually might have value this week. And while I'd struggle to plug Luton in my lineup unless it's a Superflex and he's like my only QB2 available, Chark and Cole, at least one of them is going to have a very good game. And there is a possibility that both of them might have decent games. So in many respects, I'd actually rather be playing someone like Chark than playing James Robinson this week. Now, Robinson's been dealing with... Um, He's been dealing with injury this week. I can't remember what it was, which is really bad of me again. Um, it was a shoulder injury, but he doesn't have a designation anymore. So he's fit and ready to play, but he's been limited through the week. And it's probably not what you want when you're coming up against the Steelers' defense. So to me, the question really is, and I'll throw this open to the floor, Keenan Cole had a good week last week. DJ Shark is probably still the wide receiver one, but we'll probably get you know the better coverage from the Steelers. Which one has the higher fantasy week this week? Bear in mind, LaVisca Chenault is out. That is also worth noting. It's got to be Chark for me. Um, I think we, we saw the connection between him and him and Luton in the, Luton's first week. So I think he'll he'll fire in the ball. He's, he's the more talented of the two wide receivers. Um, he's got that big playability. For, for me, it's Chark. What about you, Bob? Yeah, for me, it's, it's none of the above. <laughs> I was excited last week. I said, oh, Bengals are going to have a ton of garbage time. They're going to be throwing the ball and doing a lot late in the game. They did not. That was not the game script. Steelers only let them score 10 points to Steelers. Was it 36-10 final score? I, I'm i just not feeling it. You, you mentioned uh, Luton was just about as good as Minshew. I don't think that that's talking Luton up as much as it's an indictment on what Minshew's done throughout his career. That's uh, fair. <laughs> during games, this is just not the game. This is not the game for me. Rob, are you starting either of them? I'll just start chalk, but... As as Bob said, yeah, none of the above. Yeah, chalk on a whim. There we go. I'll just well, leave it at that. Would, you, would would you start Robinson this week? Let's 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 put it on there because he's been fantastic for them this season as the running back. But he's coming up against what is you know the one of the top two run defenses in the league, and you still have Chark as the alternative option. Does he still plow through anyway, or does he just get stuffed like so many others before him? I mean, I still think he's getting 15 carries at least. So all it takes is for one. To, and we've seen the Steelers, uh, we saw Miles Sanders. All he needs to do is break that one uh, that, that goes. So when there's a when there's, when there's carries, there's there's the chance. But you, you mentioned that you wouldn't be starting um, Luton, but me and Rob are actually in trade. Well, Rob sent me, uh, <laughs> Rob sent me a right. trade discussion for, for Luton because as we said before in uh, our, I can never remember how to say it, I was going to say our league where you bid for players at the start of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, 
I've, I've, I've literally not got a quarterback. I've got Minshew, Foles, and Allen, uh, two of which run a bye, and the other is out. So, And you're against me this week, who has Matt Ryan and Alex Smith as the two starting quarterbacks. So, And my, my, my biggest sweat is whether Noah Fant plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not looking forward to that one. Don't think we're going to do too well. So that is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bob, who is your fantasy matchup that you would like to discuss? Absolutely. The first one I have is a team I'm really high on, uh, the Browns at Eagles. Now, Eagles don't have a good run defense. I don't know if this is uh, news to anyone. They're 26th in rushing yards per game allowed. That is 133 rushing yards. On the other side, Browns just got uh, Nick Chubb back and Chubb and Hunt combined for 230 rushing yards, not total yards, 230 rushing yards during last week's Um, on the other side of the ball. Cleveland's defense um, isn't bad against the run, um, but they are 21st against the pass. They're allowing 252 passing yards per game. So I think we're going to look for Browns on the ground and Eagles through the air. Um, Wentz is going to have to throw to stay competitive in this game. I could see it getting out of hand and being a little sloppy early. I think I like Dallas Goddard. He's he's due to have a game. Browns are 22nd against the tight end position. We've got weeks now to come into to anything useful for us. Um, Eagles also get Alshon Jeffrey back. And the big important one, offensive tackle Lane Johnson should be returning from injuries. Um, Jalen Rager had a good breakout week. I think he's going to continue. Um, he led the league with seven. Tar- he led the team with seven targets in Week Ten, and uh, I think Greg Ward is worth a look in flex or in your uh, daily fantasy if you want to throw a dart. Um, this game's going to get sloppy, which I think is good for Philadelphia. It's good for all of our fantasy options. Yeah, it's the Browns have. I've looked really good on the ground and the Chubb Hunt combination. I think. Hunt has looked well looked better last week since Chubb returned. I think they need each other to, to, to feed off and then they can put those big games in. He did struggle a little bit on his own, even though he was put up big fantasy numbers still. He did just have that, he seemed to look more explosive last week and he, he did seem to, to, to kick on. So, especially with the, the receiving passing game options there in, in, in Cleveland with, with obviously OBJ out for the season. Landry, I mean, he's not been the, the PPR option that we expected him to be this year. And which Cleveland tight end he's starting? It's 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 messy. None you of want, them. You want to keep the ball out of the quarterback's hand as much as possible. So if you can turn around and hand off the ball 40, 50, 60 times a game, like right now, the Browns' ideal number of pass attempts they need in a game is zero. <laughs> yeah, fully agree. Yeah, and then on the Eagles side as well. well. What are your thoughts on on Fulham since that we've now got Ward and, and Ray Gore and we've got return passing options there? He he was someone who started the season clearly very, very strongly, very well, but has since, well, last week he, he, he had a lesser game. I could just see his role going down and down and down. Rager has the draft capital. He's going to be the guy. Ward, he's just that guy everyone in Philadelphia likes. He's not very good at any one thing but he's not Nelson Aguilar. And I guess that's enough when you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> and James, you'll be, you'll be very pleased to hear that the Dallas got it. That, could you hear the whoop? Yeah. <laughs> the fan club is more than one at the moment. Yay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad got it's getting a bit more love again. Cause I it could do with him turning back up again, actually. Um, it's, it's funny with it. Cause with this matchup there somehow by some methodology with waiver wise and whatever else, I have a league where I have, Fulgham, Rhaegar, and Goddard. And I feel like, and there's a lot of flex positions in that league, and I feel like starting all of them. But it feels wrong in general, but I can't pick which one I drop for. And if I dropped it, it would be someone like Brandon Cooks for the Texans. And I really don't know how to feel about it. It's like, do you predict Fulgham to just fail again? Or that seems to be where the conversation went. Yeah, it's. I think I think we've got it spot on. I think the, we, we, we're going to get the clear now. And, and like you said, the, the, the draft capital invested in Ray Gore is going to be the, the clear defining factor here. And they need him to, to work out and to, to, to be that guy because of, of what they paid for him, ultimately. Rob, any thoughts on this one? Uh, looking forward to seeing Nick Chubb again. Um, 
think he's going to be great. And yeah, that's about it. And hopefully we don't have a repeat of his stepping out of bounds as we saw as we saw oh, last week. That was brutal. I've got Nick Chubb in a couple of leagues, and that was brutal. Honestly, I lost. I think I lost the league by a tight margin, <laughs> and Nick Chubb didn't go in. That was brutal. But I'm still I'm still struggling to to figure it out because surely he'd have been better going to the ground. Like, why did he go out of bounds? Because that stops the clock. Like, it it was technically the right decision because then from there they could kneel the ball down and run the time off the clock. However. It, it made the win 100%. You're going to win. Yeah. And it would have only been 99.998. And that's just apparently not good enough for my fantasy team that he's got to <laughs> take the dive. Out. Nick Chubb uh, hates fantasy. I just I just had visions of him doing the, the Deshaun Jackson and the... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Bob. That's really insensitive of me. But the uh, you know you know exactly the play that I'm talking about. Yeah, 10 yeah. seconds. It's a 10.9. Yeah, I, I suppose. But, but Nick Chubb, yeah. Nick Chubb hates your fantasy team, but Austin Eckler seemingly doesn't. Uh, we saw Austin Eckler's tweet earlier in the week to say that he is getting there and looks like he could be back for week 12, fingers crossed. So, Bob, anything to add for the Eagles and the Browns? I think we covered it. Amazing. So we will head over to mine, and that is the Falcons and the Saints. And there's only one talking point in this one. Well, there's, there's lots of talking points, but the big one today is that Taysom Hill has been been announced as the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. So everybody rushed to the waiver wire earlier in the week. James Winston was the the top most picked player up off the waiver wire because everyone just assumed, because it is the logical thing to do there in New Orleans. Because he's the GOAT. Because, yeah, obviously the, the podcast loves him. Uh, he's had his eyes fixed now, so he's going to be able to throw for 30-plus touchdowns and less than 30 interceptions. Everyone just assumed that it would be would be Jameis. And, and Jameis? Jameis. Jameis. <laughs> he's got an E in it. <laughs> Jameis. Uh, Mr. Winston um, is, is we, we assumed would be the starting quarterback, but no, here we are, Taysom Hill. And obviously guys who play in ESPN leagues are going wild because he is classed as a tight end as well as quarterback in that one. So people are now have got a starting quarterback that they can plug into their tight end spot. So Twitter has been on fire today. Like people have been questioning the morals of the people that are doing that. And there's been all kinds of, of all kinds of arguments and fights. It's been, it's been brilliant. But I think what we need to look at is Sean Payton loves this guy. Like Taysom Hill, they've, they've paid him a lot of money and he's never thrown a touchdown pass. I think that's the key thing that we need to remember here is this guy has never thrown a touchdown pass and he is now expected to come in and albeit it's the best possible matchup for him. The Atlanta Falcons are the, the worst team against the, the passing game from a from a fantasy perspective. They've given up the, the most points to, to quarterbacks and, and wide receivers. So does he have a decent quarterback game? Does he come in and throw for 300 yards and, and three touchdowns? I just do not see it. And I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on here. And he will take the first couple of snaps. And, and we will see Jameis at some point taking the, the, the main role in this one. So I'm not going to be fooled too much. I'm not going to start him as a quarterback in too many leagues. If if, you, if I've got an ESPN league and I've got him, I will plug him in at the tight end position. But I'm, unless I'm desperate in the Superflex league as my quarterback too, I am not playing Taysom Hill as my quarterback in a league. And that that means Alvin Kamara. Like, with all this uncertainty, I think it is going to be an Alvin Kamara game. But even him has been questionable all week. He's been... Um, he came into practice very late on on Wednesday, which technically made him limited, although he was basically did not participate. Uh, yesterday, he was just full-on, did not participate. Um, I've not seen his, his report from today, but he is coming out as questionable. But the feeling is that he is he is good to go and he, he will be playing and people should expect him to play. So I think he will have a big a big role, particularly with Taysom Hill being announced as a starter. I think Taysom Hill will need to rely on him as the, the rusher and the receiver that he is. So I think he's in for a massive game. Uh, Traycon Smith and Josh Hill, both questionable, headed into this one. Michael Thomas, we've got to start him. Like He, he will come good eventually. I know it's not been the, the great start to the season for him, but... The, the draft capital that, that we paid for him in, in fantasy leagues and the, the ability that he's got, I think that I think we've got to start in there. But somebody I do like in this one for the Saints side of things is Jared Cook. 
He's had a couple of down weeks. He's had a combined total of three fantasy points in PPR leagues over the last two weeks. But the, the Atlanta Falcons are not very good against against the tight end position, especially with, with Josh Hill being questionable. And we're, we're going to need some some sure, surefire passes here. I am, I am really liking Jared Cook headed it into this one. On the other side of the ball, the Atlanta Falcons are looking pretty healthy. So they were on bye last week. So Matt Ryan and crew will be coming back. Calvin Ridley should be returning from his foot injury uh, to, to go opposite Julio Jones. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is also showing up on the, the injury report for the Saints. So that, that could be really beneficial for the, for the Falcons in their passing game headed into this one. Todd Gurley, New Orleans Saints running defense is up there with Pittsburgh as the worst in the league. It's going to be a really difficult day for him. He's not been productive on the ground as it is with his with his yards per carry. So again, as every single week, he is entirely touchdown dependent. But all it takes is for one. The, the amount of touchdowns that he has had this season, I am starting him just because at one point he will just fall into the touchdown just to, just to get the week. And at the running back position, who else are you starting over Todd Gurley? But Hayden Hurst, I do like him in this one as well. It is a decent matchup for him. And if Marshall Lattimore does go, it will take one of Julio or Ridley. Well, it won't take them out of the game, but it will help to limit their production. So to Hayden Hurst could be in for some more targets. And Young Kwaku, of course, is a start because he is the kicking goat of this season. Who wants to chime in with Taysom Hilltop? I'll punch <laughs> one thing in here. Flea Flicker, he is a quarterback-wide receiver combo. Oh, no. And um, so that that makes it interesting as well if you have him in a flex position. But I'm a bit like you. I feel it's a trap. I think that he will revert to being the Taysom Hill role, but he won't actually do the Drew Brees role on top of it. Yeah, It's just that he will start. And then what happens after that? I think you might you might get a rare 50-50 quarterback split in many respects, which is grim at best. Yeah. Um, it's it's why I'd play him in a tight end slot in a league where I don't have a Kelsey, a Waller, or even an Ebron. But I'd be I I don't think I'd be playing him over any many wide receivers in you know, in the leagues I'm in, basically. So, yeah, this it feels like a trap. I could be totally wrong, but, you know, it's... The, I think the big one is Alvin Kamara, because that's going to be his main safety blanket, and if Kamara's not there, yeesh, I do worry, but I, I think he will be, to be honest. Yeah. Bob, have you got any Taysom Hill shares? And if so, are you starting them anywhere? I do not have any Taysom Hill shares. I play him mostly on the Sleeper app. I don't play a ton of ESPN. And I, I didn't pick him up for, for kind of that reason. I actually thought he was going to be a, a down tick of work if uh, um, Jameis Winston did get the start because you don't want to have your quarterback and your backup quarterback on the field at the same time. If you look historically, that does not happen. That would not have happened. That was never in the cards. Um, and then when that came out today, I'm just, whatever, he's already taken. I, 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 was, I was late on the train. One thing that I do want to look for value is um, in the running back. Obviously, we have a quarterback who maybe hasn't had the snaps. He has thrown touchdowns. He threw 43 of them in his college career in, in Brigham Young University. So he has thrown okay. Okay. <laughs> touchdowns. Um, Kamara, Lat Murray, even a guy like Ty Montgomery, one of those like scat back, used to be a wide receiver. We don't know what position he plays. I'm going to look for some value there. And if Taysom Hill really is a tight end, you have to expect him to have spent time in the tight end room. So Jared Cook, Josh Hill, even Adam Troutman, we saw him uh, three catches for 39 and touchdown uh, a couple of weeks ago. Those are the guys that I really want to look for for value here. I don't think there's a ton of like Michael Thomas value that with Jameis and Michael Thomas, I would have loved to have seen yeah. that all over that would have been my stack in every single DFS, but it's not something I'm necessarily interested in right now. No, I do agree with you there. And Rob, any thoughts before you head into to your pick? Uh, it's all a smokescreen. Uh, Tatum Hill will take the first snap uh, and run it for like seven yards. And then the GOAT, a.k.a. Jameis Winston, will come in and uh, light it up. And uh, Mark Thomas will have 200-plus passing yards. And, yeah, it's going to be a legendary game from Jameis. 
<laughs> Goat standing for greatest overturner of all time. <laughs> okay, Rob, who have you got? I think it's only fitting that I, I select my my Indianapolis Colts at home to another team that uh, I have taken a liking to over the last couple of years, which is the Green Bay Packers. Um, all jokes aside, I think this will be a very interesting game to watch. But I I got the short straw because I all, all you guys had all these fantastic picks. And then there's me sitting there thinking, hang on a minute. Uh, looking through this Indy and Green Bay game, it screams a very tight, low-scoring affair, considering uh, both defences are in the top 10 against quarterbacks, uh, running uh, wide receivers, tight ends. Only the running backs, the Green Bay Packers, give up um, yardage too, uh, which is why I'm going to wax circle about my boy, Naheem! It's time for Naheem Hines once again. He is going to light up the show, start him in your fantasy lineup, especially if you've got someone like James Robinson, if you're sort of in that sort of vicinity or you've got a question mark, um, you've got a questionable player this week and you've got Naheem Hines. You should have Naheem Hines. I told you to pick him up weeks and weeks and weeks ago after week one when he had that good game against Jacksonville. Um, so it's been worth the wait because Naheem Hines is coming into his element and this is another game where he can be good. Uh, Green Bay Packers give up the second most fancy points to running backs. Uh, they give up plenty through the air as well, which obviously we know plays into uh, to, to Naheem's hands wonderfully. Uh, I'm a bit worried about Jonathan Taylor. I'll be quite honest. Obviously, wax lyrical about him all off season, heading into the season. I was very excited to see him translate that epic college career in Wisconsin over to the Indianapolis Colts behind the O line. It hasn't worked out. Still holding hope for a sophomore year, but for now, I think he's a stay away. I do think he's a bench candidate. I wouldn't be starting him even in a good matchup against Green Bay. You've got to see it. You've got to wait for it to happen uh, with Jonathan Taylor this year. Uh, wide receiver-wise, T.Y. Hilton is still struggling. Um, Michael Pittman is interesting, but the, the, the Green Bay Packers have got a good defense. Uh, they should have things covered at the back there. So I'd be... I wouldn't be starting any Colts wide receivers. And on the Green Bay side of things, Devonta Adams, of course, is matchup proof. So you're starting him. Doesn't matter how good the Indianapolis Colts have been in the secondary. Uh, and as much as I love the likes of Kenny Moore, Rocky Arsene having a good season, Xavier Rhodes had a fantastic season since he's come in from, from Minnesota. They won't be able to keep up with Devonta Adams because he is matchup proof so make sure you get him in your lineups obviously he's in your lineups but put him in dfs if you need to as well um expensive worth it he gets a touchdown guaranteed every week um tight ends indy haven't really got a tight end to to really to to call home about neither of green bay uh so i wouldn't worry about any of those guys and as for the quarterbacks it's gonna be a tough slog i think aaron Rodgers. if i mean you're not starting pit rivers anyway Aaron Rodgers, if you've got him, you're probably starting him. He might do all right, but it's one of them games which is very, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's very hard to call for Aaron Rodgers. It's, if it was at Lambeau, I think I'd fancy him to be sort of a good start, but as it's in as it's in India, I think it's going to be too tight for fantasy. Uh, if you've got another option on your bench, if you're one of these people that holds two fairly decent quarterbacks, um, then I'd stick the other one in um, if they're on a good matchup. Fantastic. So, who do you want to win then, Rob? Oh, Indy. I'm all over <laughs> Indy. All jokes aside, I do like the Packers, but it's it's all Indy, and it's an important game because, and in the course of the season, um, fantasy aside here, if Indy win this, you know we've got a big game against Tennessee next week, um, which obviously we've just won the away leg. So uh, that uh, uh, sorry, won the home leg. I no, it was away last week. Yeah, so we've got the home leg coming back in two weeks' time. Uh, so yeah, that's. I mean, it's. Massive, massive game. This is huge uh, for our season. If we win, we're going to be, I think, the favourites to take the South. And I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go on, on to having a, a decent playoff run. If we lose, then next week is even bigger. It's a massive, massive game. So, uh, so yeah, it's a big game for Indy this week. And I hope that everything goes right uh, and that we can win. Fantastic. Bob, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor. So are you somebody that is believing that he can still do it? Is, is he going to have the breakout week eventually? Or is is not his season done in that he's a write-off, but have we got to wait till next season now until we to see the true potential? Yeah, I'll wait till about week five of 2020 to uh, start Jonathan Taylor anywhere. I uh, he, he was absolutely off my radar just because I love Marlon Mack and I like Naeem Hines. I like what this this squad was doing. And 
Um, yeah, he was, he has the draft capital. He had an incredible college career, but you kind of know with a team like Colts who are that heavy defensive, um, they are number seven against the pass, number three against the rush that they're not going to, they're going to let these guys develop naturally. And I think that that was always the plan. And unfortunately, Jonathan Taylor has been a big bust this fantasy season. I agree. There might be value with Naeem Hines, but then again, just when you think Naeem Hines has it, they throw out Jordan Wilkins. Just when Jordan Wilkins, you think, oh, Jordan Wilkins is a starter now. Jonathan Taylor is getting touches. It just find out who the guy is. <laughs> like, like there, this game is going to be so sloppy. Um, a great defense against the number one pass offense in the Packers. Packers do get Alan Lazard back this week, which is going to give him a little shot in the arm. Maybe having another target on the field, but then you have Marquez Valdez Scantling. There's just so moving many moving parts that I can't predict it. And when I can't predict it, I don't bet on it. And James, finally, anything to add before you head into your second matchup? Two things. One, agree with Heinz on, well, in terms of, I think Heinz will have a decent game just because through the season, he seems to have been the person who benefits most from poor matchups. And this is a juicy one. And by poor matchups, I mean juicy matchups for the Colts. Should really have clarified that. But, you know, when, when the opponent is, has got a weak run defense, he tends to be the one that gets a lot of the points. So, Hines is the one I'm fancying. And tight end, it's one where it's interesting to look on the injury report because the Colts' problem in terms of, you know, picking a Colts tight end to play has just been they have too many of them that they just don't have value. But they are a team that like to use the tight end. Jack Doyle, I believe, is still out. Mo Ali Cox is questionable. It leaves Trey Burton. If Trey Burton is basically on his own or has only got a hobbled Mo Ali Cox next to him, there's your sneaky play, if I'm honest. Um, I, I seem to, I've had an affinity all season just with whichever Colts tight end is hot <laughs> in the same way that I have with Dallas Goddard. It's just the thing. And this is one of those weeks where if I have Trey Burton and I have you know, n not exactly a plethora of other options. I'm kind of feeling it this week. So, uh, Jack Doyle is questionable. He's got a concussion, but he'd had a full practice today, so he Doyle could be in. So, yeah, that is as soon as there are two fit players able, you know, able to play at as close to 100%, that it just vultures value from each other, and you don't want to gamble on that. But and as well, I mean, the Packers are running about one, I think, one touchdown on the season to tight ends. Um, so I don't know, I, I, I'm staying away personally. I don't think this is if it was a good matchup, if it was a better matchup, then I could buy into Trey Burton definitely. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, anyone else interested in the tight ends for either team? I, I, I couldn't even tell you two tight ends from Green Bay, I'll be honest. Tunyon was a one-game wonder. Sternberger. Uh, Sternberger. <laughs> Jace. Hey. Yeah, what's he done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the great, great. I think this is two teams where if all of their personnel were fit, would be three tight ends and avoid all. So yeah. that says it all. I'm not having either. So you have Robert Tanyan from Green Bay. Remember, he had a couple breakout games a couple weeks back. I just don't see it against the Colts. No, not giving up one single touchdown on the season to a tight end. I think it's going to remain that heading into week 11. Okay, well. so they were our primary fantasy matchups. We will now have a quick two minutes on our secondary ones. So, James, back to you. Who is the second game that you'd like to look at? So, speedily going through, I've got the Broncos and the Dolphins. So Dolphins at six and three, trying to make a bit of a push. Two are still unbeaten. And even though, you know, the running back room is interesting. I mean, at the moment, last week, Salvon Ahmed, although I've been misreading it all this time, I called him Savlon Ahmed. And I thought, <laughs> he must be really good against cuts. Oh, dear, dear. Um, <laughs> I'll bring my own sound effects. But um, nah, he's, he, he, he had a decent breakout week last week. And... The interesting thing is Matt Breida may be back this week, so there could be a bit of a timeshare going on, which will be an intriguing watch, but a lot of people seem to be thinking that Ahmed is going to be you know, the running back one to this week. And just through the season, we've seen with Miles Gaskin that the Dolphins seem to favor having a running back who is used quite a lot and is reasonably effective. So... Even though Ahmed had a questionable opening few games, now that he's turned it on, I think they'll just run with him, literally. Um, in terms of the passing game, it's 
yeah, fair to middling, but if you've got Devontae Parker, you're probably starting him. Mike Gesicki is an okay play, but not I wouldn't always stick with him. And after that, it's, you know, now that Preston Williams has gone to IR, it's a bit of a mismatch, really. On the other side for the Broncos, Drew Locke is questionable and it's all signs at the moment point towards him playing, but yeah. eh, he's been terrible even when he's fully fit, if I'm being honest. The Broncos offense gives up the most points to fantasy defenses, uh, which is why the Miami Dolphins defense is probably my start of the week on DST. But um, with Noah Fan also questionable, it gets a bit tricky to sort of predict. But I don't like the running game either because Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay seem to do a good job of watering each other and neither yeah. of them have been in the upper echelons of fantasy points on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, unless, you know, Drew Locke comes out and says, yeah, I'm 100% ready to go, and then you can think about Jerry Judy, but I, I'm i even failing Judy. In fact, I think it is a case of failing everything Bronco this week. But, yeah, the Miami defense is the one part in this matchup that I really want because I think... They've been underrated, and now people are starting to realise just how good they are, including themselves. Banging call. Banging call. Banging call. <laughs> Bob, who have you got as your second game? Yeah, okay, so my second game is uh, uh, the Bengals against Washington. Um, Bengals are just a team I just can't seem to quit. Joe Burrow started out super hot, kind of got a little lukewarm, maybe even a little cold, but I think – this is a game where he might, you know, take another step forward. Bengals Washington, I think there's a lot of fantasy value to be had. Not necessarily fantasy all-stars, but fantasy value. Maybe underrated guys, guys who are going to perform this week. Washington is ranked number one against the pass, allowing only 194 yards. And they have the number 21st ranked run defense, giving up 126 rushing yards a game. So it's number one pass, number 21 out of 32 run however i think those numbers are skewed a little more than you think because they played against the eagles the browns twice against the giants and dallas where they only gave up 59 passing yards so i think that this washington team really can get beat in the air there's no reason they can't they don't have any you know reason any there's no reasonable way for this to happen it's just it's an outlier stat um I didn't note T. Higgins in practice, which means even more for slot receiver Tyler Boyd, who's been one of the most shorthanded players in the NFL. Um, also, when we talk about Burrow, um, he loved his slot receiver Justin Jefferson last year. He loves his slot receiver Tyler Boyd this year. Definitely someone I want to look out against Washington. Um, Mixon didn't practice either, which means Giovanni Bernard is the clear-cut handcuff, someone you could start, set, maybe even um, spend a few extra dollars if you're playing daily fantasy. And, uh, you know, as for Washington, Bengals are 27th against the run and 26th against passing. And I'm talking about yardage. Um, If you can, you know, if you can't be good, at least be consistent. This Bengals defense is trash. Um, Don't be afraid of Alex Smith. He's averaging 357 yards per game over the past two games. He only has one touchdown and three interceptions during that spread. But that's a fluke. There's going to be some positive regression there in in the touchdowns for sure. I love Terry McLaurin. Average seven for 100 yards over the past two weeks with Alex Smith. I like J.D. McKissick. He's a great pass catching back, um, averaging eight receptions over the past two games. And I like Antonio Gibson. Um, if Washington gets ahead and this game gets sloppy early, give the ball to Gibson, let him run. I think there's a lot of fantasy value. Maybe not the all-stars, but there's value guys you can get at low ownership um, and get them on your rosters. Fantastic. And we look at mine, and I am going to go for the Cowboys and the Vikings so we have got the red rifle back. Andy Dalton is returning from COVID. He says it's hit him pretty hard. He was he was out for a longer period of time than than we see a lot of NFL players who have who have contracted the virus. So Andy Dalton is back, and 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 since he's been gone, we we've seen Gilbert, we've seen Danucci, and I think the the, uh, the Cowboys needs need someone like Andy Dalton who is. And we're going to say he's going to set the world on fire. He's not going to somehow get the the two and seven Cowboys into the playoffs and on the Super Bowl run. Well, sorry, he could easily get them into the playoffs because it's the the NFC East after all. Uh, I don't think he'll mount the Super Bowl run, but um, he will just come in and steady that ship. And I think we will see an uptake in in Zeke's performances once we've got Andy Dalton back in a a more secure offense, if you like. 
I do like Amari Cooper this week. He's been a little bit quiet of late, but I, I do like him coming in and having a, a, a better game in this one than he has done of late. And I also like Dalton Schultz as well, the, the tight end there in Dallas. Hashtag always Schultz. And then on the Minnesota side of things, if you need me to tell you to start Dalvin Cook, then you should not be playing fantasy. He has been incredible this season. He will likely top a 1,000 rushing yards already for the season in week 11, which is incredible. The guy's on 12 rushing touchdowns, so he could easily get 13, 14 in this one, which is, is brilliant. If you told me at the start of the season that Cook and Elliott were going to have 174 and 150 carries um, respectively at the stage of the season, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But for 950 yards for Cook and 572 for, for Z, I just wouldn't have believed you. It just wouldn't have seemed feasible at the start of the season. And I've seen people questioning each week whether to, to have Zeke in their starting lineups, which is which is just crazy. But no, I do like both of them headed into this one. And Dallas, yeah, Minnesota are going to be able to pass all over this one. The uh, the, the crooner that is Kirk Cousins is going to be able to pass to, to both of his receivers, Jefferson and Thielen. I do like both of them in this one. Irv Smith, he he's come a little bit hot of late. He is questionable headed into this one. But I am not. I'm not feeling confident about him or Kyle Rudolph. Nah, no, thank you. Justin Jefferson and uh, Adam Thielen are go, go, go in this one. Rob, close us out. Who have you got? I really have got what I described on the uh, on the group as the shit stick because I've <laughs> picked out the New York Jets and the LA Chargers. <sighs> Um, Sam Donald is uh, is doubtful for the game, so it might be a we might get Noodle Arm Flacco. Uh, I don't not interested in the Jets, but I will talk about the LA Chargers. Um, obviously, uh, our boy Herbert has been fantastic since since coming into the league. He's really good to watch. That new haircut it leaves a lot to be desired. I will just say that um, we'll see what kind of effect that has uh, on him. No Austin Eckler, no Justin Jackson. Um, and it's a revenge game for Kalen Bellage. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, start, start getting Bellage. Look, he's looked great the last few weeks. Um, uh, and yeah, it, we, we know that the, um, the rookie there, I can't think of his name. Someone help me out here. Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly has been a way below average. Um, he's not taking his chances. So, Balaj is your running back. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen is getting fed because he always does. And he's fantastic. If you, you should have traded for him a couple of weeks ago. If you follow me on Twitter, I told you to trade for Keenan Allen because he's just a target hog. And it will be the same this game. Uh, I expect the Chargers to win it. Uh, I think the Chargers have been. No, they've not been good. Let's be honest. Um, they've let us down defensively. I thought they were going to be great on defense this year with that roster, but a struggle. They've missed some pieces. I, I know that. Um, Mike Williams seems to be sort of plodding on. He had a slow start to the year, but he's started to come through the last few weeks. Uh, and I think the Chargers are going to start picking it up. And I think this is a get-right game for them. Uh, you know, a cure for the for the terrible team is obviously the New York Jets. Um, so yeah, bring it on. And I think the Chargers are, are going to win win this one. I think they're going to win it comfortably. Keenan Allen's going to be involved. One game's going to get going with the the Caden Bellage, who obviously we all knew was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that is my take on this game. Wonderful. So that is the full 10 yards outlook for this fantasy weekend. So that brings us to a close of yet another podcast. Thank you very much to Bob for coming on. So, Bob, just a reminder for everybody, where can we find you and your work on Twitter and beyond? Awesome. Thanks a lot. We're on Twitter at I80 underscore sports. You can find us youtube.com backslash I80 sports or I80 sports.com. You can also uh, find our podcast on any major podcast, any wherever you listen to podcasts, ID Sports is there. Wonderful. Thank you very much again for taking time out of your day to come and join us over this side of the pond to talk fantasy football. And we hope to have you on again very soon. Solid British debut, Bob. Solid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me.
the, the biggest takeaways from this, Bob, are go and make some Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, go Google Yorkshire puddings. You won't be disappointed. They are. Uh, Dave did give it a little bit of injustice. They are really hard to make. Uh, so I don't think Dave's actually trying to make them, have you? you, you you've got our Bessies, haven't you? You stick them out the freezer into the oven. You know this. You know this. Anyway, yeah, go Google it and have a look at <laughs> uh, Yorkie pudding and, and tell us what you think. I, the Americans are very, like, they, they don't know really what this is. But go Google it. It's Obviously, it's the best food, the best Britain food yorkshire pudding and it definitely deserves to be on your christmas dinner plate uh, having a wife with egg and milk allergies makes this so bad <laughs> <laughs> the two major ingredients uh. yeah that is that is the takeaway bob go try a yorkshire pudding cool james where can we find you on twitter as always at nfl hype train and for the last time for a few weeks two two Two, two, indeed. Rob, how about yourself? Uh, you find me at FF Brit Baller, and I guess I'll be stepping in for James. Um, so yeah, good luck, buddy. And uh, we'll, you know, I had my child is now six weeks old, and she's screaming Crazy. the house down. So you've got that to look forward to. That, wh- where's that six weeks gone? That is crazy. So, yeah, I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Make sure you head over to our Twitter at F10Y Fantasy because this weekend we will have your DFS content. We will have your starts, sits, injuries, everything in between. We will have everything there for you to win your fantasy matchups this weekend. So it's getting crunch time now. It's getting into the business end of the season. So however you are playing fantasy sports this weekend, good luck and we will see you on Monday. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com. where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.